Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 74 of the Cannabis 101 podcast. Hour number one, hour number two will come out on Wednesday, but just want to remind you that it's not just about getting high, it's about getting healthy. And there is certainly one way we get things kicked off on this show, um, maybe a little bit different than some of the other shows that you're watching. And by the way, thank you very much if you are watching or listening to us. You can uh, do either. We're a YouTube channel, Cannabis 101 Podcast, and we do stream it on our social media channels. But how we get things going on this show is by finding out just what's your groove. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. So when I say what's your groove, I want to know uh, if you uh, are grooving with some kind of cannabis, let me know what it is. You mind if I do it, Jay? You're the dude. You can do anything you want. But maybe you've got uh, a joint like the dude. Um, maybe you've got a, a bong. I'm not sure. Pipe and a crepe. Bong and a blintz. Whatever it is you are indeed grooving with, I would like to know. This is what I'm going with today. A little uh, top leaf blue dream. I try to take my cannabis and put it in uh, glass jars as soon as I uh, as soon as I can. Uh, and then what I don't, uh, what I have left over from uh, my uh, vaporizer, I uh, keep for already vape bud. Maybe there's uh, there's something I can do with it. So blue dream is my jam. It is the uh, it's my spinach, uh, if I was Popeye. And, you know, it's been some, some tough days uh, for our family. We lost an aunt uh, over the weekend. And uh, not to say that uh, cannabis makes you forget about the pain, or, but, uh, the, you know, the terpene profile in Blue Dream, it just, for some people, it's, it's not their thing. For me, it is everything. So let me get my groove on, will you? Supernova, volcano hybrid that I picked up using Click and Collect, thanks to my good friend Chris Ionson, who will join us in hour number two uh, of Nova Cannabis for What's That Strain. So now that I have got that out of the way, I'd just like to tell you about uh, some of our great sponsors, or our great partners, rather, on this uh, program, uh, partners like uh, the OZ, uh, David Wiley, who's going to join us, Malcolm LaBelle from the Business of Cannabis. Uh, Andre Rochon of the Regal Cigar, who we will have a couple of cigars, or cigar rather, maybe a couple, we'll see, to give away uh, on this episode a little bit later on. So all kinds of great partners, uh, and Stonesmiths as well. Check them out at Stonesmiths. 
Ca, the creators of The Slash, a great Edmonton local company. It is very, very cool. Uh, a 12-second auto-fire mode. You just double-click it, and boom, it fires it off. Just wait your four seconds to let it heat up, and, and you're uh, golden with The Slash. So here is what's coming down the hash pipe tonight. Uh, by the way, there it is right there. You'll love it. We are going to speak with David Wiley of the OZ. As I mentioned, every week he joins us for this week on Cannabis News, one of our great media partners that we have on this show. We're going to talk about Mexico legalization, cannabis sales going up in Canada, more lies from Peter McKay about cannabis, and how regulations are impacting those on uh, the organic growing side. Malka LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. You can find out how Malka can help you in just a little bit. Her and I are going to discuss the global cannabis world and where Canada fits in. We're also going to feature Canmart in our change makers and low tech in what it means uh, to be green. Our cannabis question is about how cannabis is helping you. We'll get to that in a second. We'll tell you about the uh, Weed Weekly and our Weed Words of the Day have to do with a person and a device. So all of that coming your way in the next little bit, but let's get things going right now. Start things off with the cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe and a grape, bong and a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. All right, the cannabis question is, what is the best thing that cannabis has done for you? It doesn't have to be medically, just anything in general. What is the best thing that cannabis has done for you? Uh, for me, uh, cannabis, along with uh, help from my uh, physician, my psychiatrist, uh, and along with the help of some other really important natural uh, sources uh, that I that I use as well, helped me get off of pharmaceutical medical medication for my mental health. Um, and by no means am I cured. Uh, I don't think I'll ever be cured of a mental health uh, situation, depression, anxiety, and, and maybe PTSD. Maybe I can get past that. I'm not sure. Uh, but I know that cannabis, in particular CBD, has helped me tremendously. Uh, there are some strains that I use when I feel like I'm in a bind and I got to get out of a hole or something, and they help a little bit. But CBD on a daily basis has been uh, just wonderful, uh, massively helped me uh, ease off of pharmaceuticals. So that's on the medical side. On, on the other side, it's just opened so much creativity. I mean, I, I, even back in my radio days, I would come home after my shift. Uh, I would be on 9 to midnight, um, you know, roll up a joint, fill the bong, and start prepping for the next day. You know, the next day you go over it and make sure it all makes sense and everything like that. The, the saying is uh, right high and it's sober. Uh, so that's what I would do. And, and now I use cannabis in, in creativity and in, in, you know, creating this show and the other things that I have going. It is massively. The thing about it is, you know, when, when you get high or you use cannabis, you don't think, oh, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to come up with this great idea. It just happens. It just allows you to think a little bit 
differently in a different way. And I, and for me, anyway, ideas seem to just, uh, they just come to me. So that's for me, how cannabis has helped me, but I would love uh, to hear from you in uh, the different ways that cannabis has helped you. And just for chiming in, you could win a Regal cigar. Uh, good friend Andre was supposed to be on the show uh, last week, but uh, you know things came up. Unfortunately, we couldn't do it. We will be uh, reaching out and getting him back on the show, but we do have uh, a Regal cigar to give away. You can hit us up on Twitter, at TheCannabis101. Find us on Instagram or on Facebook at uh, Cannabis101Podcast.ca or at the Cannabis101Podcast, rather, and you can email us, Cannabis101Podcast at gmail. Dot com. That is Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com, and you could win a Cannabis101Podcast prize pack. All right, uh, you can get the latest on what's happening with the Cannabis101Podcast by subscribing to the Weed Weekly at Cannabis101Podcast.ca. If you sign up, you're in the mix for our prize pack every Friday, but it, it only is for subscribers. Plus, it's an easy way to keep up to date with what is hopefully your favorite, one of your favorite cannabis podcasts. By the way, I love hearing from listeners or uh, viewers um, or just followers, uh, even on uh, social media. And, and I would encourage you to reach out. Uh, here's, a, here's a wonderful message I received from someone. Um, previously last year, they had their uh, trigger fingers operated on, and then they had it done again. And this is the email that I received. My latest trigger fingers were quite a bit more painful and locked worse than the other hand. I could hardly squeeze the tube of toothpaste. This time I used 20 to 1 CBD vape pen every hour and a half or so after the surgery and was microdosing with a tincture made from guava berry kush, approximately 2 meg- milligrams of dose in a can of bubbly. I used half a teaspoon of guava berry kush infused MCT oil, five milligrams before bed, as well as a naproxen. The results were awesome. Right after the surgery, the pain was a fair bit worse than last year. As soon as I started with the cannabis, pain relief was great without actually getting high. The swelling is virtually non-existent. I have a lot more movement as well. The more I use cannabis as a medicine, the more proof I have that it truly is a medicine. I know it was not something serious or life-threatening, but just a little example of how we can use cannabis instead of pharmaceuticals. That is awesome. Uh, Thank you so much for that uh, email. Uh, That really does mean a lot to me when I hear from from listeners and viewers uh, and their success stories with cannabis. You know, THC may not be for everybody, and, and maybe cannabis is not for everybody. For a lot of people, though, It could be a really, really big help. So please continue to reach out to me. Tell me your success stories. Ask your questions. I absolutely would love to hear it. And and, and please continue to send the pictures of the prize packages that we sent out. I'll throw some out on social media as they come in. So thank you very much to you, uh, the viewer and the listener, uh, for reaching out to me. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. My good friend David Wiley from Okanagan Z joining me on This Week in Cannabis News. You can find them on Twitter at Okanagan Z and you can obviously find them online at OkanaganZ.com. David, it is great to see you once again. We've uh, conquered technology as we are (laughs) masters of this device. So good to see you again. How are you doing? 
Back in business. Oh, life is good. It's good to see you too, my friend. How are you, you doing? I am good. I'm good. Uh, the sun is trying to poke through where I am. So uh, by the time I'm finished recording today, I hope it'll be a nice sunny day and I can get out and, and enjoy things and, and possibly enjoy some legal cannabis, which citizens of Mexico could be enjoying legally at some point. We don't know when, but we do know um, it's on the way. And, and we know what that feeling was like. We remember when legalization was announced and then we had to patiently or impatiently wait for it to happen. But what do you think of this story? I was definitely very impatiently waiting for it to happen. Yeah. It's great to see Mexico on the verge of becoming the world's largest market for legal pot. Uh, cannabis advocates, however, got to say, not necessarily impressed with the current legislation. And they're actually lobbying hard right now to change it. Uh, right now, they say that uh, there's these draft laws would actually favor large corporations over small businesses and family-owned farms. Um, further, they're saying that the current draft law would do little to address the issues at the root of the country's illegal drug trade. So not necessarily dissimilar from what Canada saw, where the laws came under scrutiny and we wanted to make sure that so we really hit those high notes, so to speak, of um, ensuring that the legacy market was um, overshadowed, let's say, by the legal market. And part of the solution for that in Canada, which advocates in Mexico say uh, is also an issue there, is ensuring that current growers are able to transition into the legal market <clears throat> because that will, of course, increase the quality uh, and it will lower the competition. The time to make changes to these laws right now is limited under court order. Mexican lawmakers have until mid-December to finalize the rules. Now, uh, uh, Julio Salazar, who's a senior lawyer and legalization advocate with the nonprofit group Mexico United Against Crime, has told the Washington Post that He's not sure if the initiative being pushed by Congress will actually make things better at the moment. Um, basically says that it, it makes a cannabis market for the rich and continues to use criminal law to perpetuate a drug war that's damaged the poorest people with the least opportunities. So the proposal would limit the number of plants that an individual could own uh, to six, which is actually pretty pre generous here in Canada where mm -hmm. we only have four. Uh, and it would also require consumers to register for a government license. And that's a step that advocates could say would discourage legal use and leave customers likelier to stay in the illegal market. Now, I don't know about you, Dean, but I would also be hesitant, especially at the start of legalization, to apply for a license. Um, and, you know, in a country like Mexico, where uh, there is worry among people that the they could be tracked, um, that information can and could be used against them. Uh, that really is a, a large hindrance to a thriving legal market, in my opinion. Well, it's, uh, you know, it, the, the criminal element, I think, is much stronger, I think we can say, in, in Mexico than it is in cannabis, mm -hmm. uh, than in Canada when it comes to, to cannabis. Um, and the, the one thing that this also, um, the people have a problem with is, it doesn't regulate medical cannabis. It, you know, it basically, and, and the medical cannabis situation in Mexico is just a giant 
tire fire. It's a dumpster fire. It's a, it's a mess, and this does nothing to it. It's only looking at recreational marijuana and, and hemp. So, you know, while the, the door is open to crack, it certainly seems like there is a lot of work to be done on this still, David. And that's tricky because the timeline is tight. Uh, Mexico does have the benefit of being able to consider current international models for legalization. So they've looked at Uruguay, Canada, and some of the U.S. states and uh, borrowed a little bit from each. As you say, bringing medical into it is extremely important. And it also uh, recognizes that cannabis is, uh, you know, not just for fun, though it is, Mm -hmm. but is also medicine. Yeah, this will this will be something. Um, you know, at, at some point, I hope to be able to go to Mexico and not have to buy shitty weed on the beach, uh, like I've had to do every time <laughs> I go there. I can actually buy some good legal weed. So, if this does, uh, you know, and 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 it has to work for for the for the people. It can't just be uh, let's legalize cannabis and corporations get richer. I mean, this is a a cash crop that should be able to be enjoyed and cashed in on by everybody. So certainly a lot of work to do there. Um, And obviously they've been looking at the Canadian system, which has good news. Uh, When you look at, you know, recent statistics, uh, cannabis sales on arrow up right now, uh, at least for the month Mm. of uh, September and, and, I think that uh, should continue as we see more and more new products coming out. This is a continuation of a trend. And as you said, legal cannabis sales are continuing to march upward. Statistics Canada has reported that Canadian retailers sold $256.3 million worth of cannabis products in September. And that's a 1.8% bump up from August. Uh, Ontario is leading the way with a 5.3% sales increase up to 77.9 million in September, with Quebec and Alberta also reporting modest gains. Uh, Ontario, of course, has been adding more brick and mortar, and that seems to be a big factor when it comes to increasing sales of legal cannabis. Now, as we like to pick apart good news stories, BNN is speculating that the latest numbers are actually a sign that cannabis sales may be plateauing in Canada. Um, They're saying that despite the steady gain in the country's licensed cannabis operators, more brick and mortar, the three provinces are reporting monthly sales declines in September. And that's the first time that's happened in more than three months. Um, You know, one of the factors that could very well contribute to that is that it's a homegrown season. So Mm. we're seeing more people growing at home. uh, And, you know, it's the second year that people have been able to do it legally. So chances are that some of those folks have actually been getting better crops. And here in BC, there are places where we've had phenomenal weather for homegrown cannabis. Um, You know, pricing has also become more competitive, and that's a reason why we've been seeing sales go up. And uh, also, a lot of observers are saying that many of the cannabis 2.0 products that are out there now are higher quality than what you could find through uh, legacy illicit channels. So that's something too. You got price going down and quality going up. And that tends to mean that consumers are more interested in purchasing the legal products. Uh, now, some of some of the ways that we could look at continuing the growth are urging the federal government to look at uh, you know, things like cutting taxes um, mm-hmm. and also allowing allowing things like delivery. And you know that would those would be things that would keep the momentum moving forward. 
Indeed, uh, especially in, I don't know, you know, what it's like where you live, but uh, here in Alberta, particularly in the Edmonton region, you know, there's a lot of talk about the lockdown coming back in and, you know, things not going well. Well, delivery would just be so perfect. We've talked about this in the past, about the elderly and being a, a growing demographic, and we don't want them to have to go out to get their cannabis. Let's get it to them as it was an essential service. Now, the one thing about the home growers that that I actually love is that, yeah, maybe somebody or a lot of people are growing at home, and that's bringing the the, the sales down at retail stores, but they still had to pay for the equipment to grow and the things like that. So it's still generating income for the entire industry and spawning something new. Let's get more people encouraged because maybe that leads them getting into the cannabis business because they like growing. I think it's all good news, whether it's, you know, sales going up or more people growing at home, if, if that is indeed the case. Yeah, and we're see- definitely seeing an increase in the service side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we saw LPs growing uh, in the first phase. We started to see retail really kicking up in the second phase. And now the third phase, we're starting to see some of those service sides. Yeah, people who are providing supplies for home growers, uh, those who are working to help uh, you know the different businesses to advertise or use social media in a way that's responsible. So you know, like you said, this is just working, helping the economy move forward, uh, especially in a tough time that we're seeing right now in the COVID recession. All right, and then you have this next story uh, that is, uh, you know, all fabricated uh, to try to throw a wrench or a wrench or a wedge into the uh, into the cannabis world and and politics in general. And we're talking about Peter McKay and the ridiculous, outright lies that he tweeted out. To, I think it was over the weekend. I. I I just told him he was full of bullshit uh, because he is. Uh, the, the tweet is 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 there's zero to back up what he tweeted out. Well, Peter McKay has made no secret of the fact that he does not like cannabis uh, and legalization in particular. So he's spouted off about legalization in Canada in a reply to a tweet from The Economist. Uh, about legalization happening in Mexico. And he says, I'll quote, it surely has not gone well in Canada. The black market and criminal element is flourishing. The negative impacts on mental health and increased addictions are starting to be felt. While national productivity slips further. Why did we do this again? With two question marks. Uh, Like, you know, it's like you said, this is all fabrication. Where is this information coming from? The black market is not flourishing. In fact, legal cannabis sales have surpassed illicit sales. That's according to Statistics Canada. And we're seeing those numbers continually go up. Now, according to the Calgary Sun, there's actually been a decrease in cannabis use by youth since legalization. And when we're talking about increased mental health issues and cannabis causing a decrease in national productivity, I mean, McKay might as well have cited the boogeyman because his source of those claims (laughs) is just as made up. Um, And, you know, this isn't the first time that he's spouted off about his off-base views on legalizing cannabis. And during the conservative party leadership race back in February, which he lost, by the way, uh, for good reason, because Peter McKay couldn't keep Peter McKay's foot out of Peter McKay's mouth. Uh, He lost to Aaron O'Toole. 
And he told a newspaper here in my backyard, the Kelowna Daily Courier, that he doesn't support legalization. And he'd further called it at the time a complete failure. Um, you know, again, reinforcing these same views. He said he worries most about the impact on young people, the mental health implications, the impaired driving implications. By the way, impaired driving has not, in fact, gone up and the sky has not fallen. And he said that the legalization plan was forced and it was a back of a napkin promise. That's what he said at the time. Now, let me just say that we're seeing social conservatism here. That's that's what Peter McKay is really bringing to the forefront. Now, true fiscal conservatives, on the other hand, actually love legalization. I mean, it provides a brand new market that boosts the economy. And yeah. for conservatives who seem to be so against crime, law and order, you know, here we are actually reducing and eliminating a lot of crime by bringing something into legalization and into an orderly framework. This was my reply to uh, Peter McKay. I said, uh, the Conservative Party plans on raising the GST to 50%, getting rid of health care and having Canada become the 51st state of the USA. See, I can make up outrageous bullshit statements without proof also. Be better or shut up because it's stupid. We could all go out and like you said, it's based on the boogeyman. It's lies. There's, there's no merit to it. And all he's doing is trying to spread more fear. He's just fear-mongering. That's, that's all he is doing. And, and like you said, this is a tired argument. Like, this is tired. Like, get on the, 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 the cannabis train. You don't have to smoke cannabis, but you can recognize the at least economic benefits that are there, if at the very least. It's just, it's just silly that this man continues this ridiculous fight when it's clearly losing. I mean, the amount of people that uh, are against cannabis are basically the same amount of people that support them. Like, it's, it's silly. It's, it's, it's only them. <laughs> you know, back when I did the story about his statement to the, the Daily Courier, I dug through his Facebook uh, for a good photo to use to highlight the story, and there he was cracking beers with our uh, former prime minister, Stephen Harper. Yeah. And it just goes to show that double standard. It's like you said, you don't necessarily have to smoke cannabis to support it, but there should be a recognition that cannabis is a good way to unwind. And I said it already today. It's medicine, my friend. Mm -hmm. And if you don't recognize the economic benefits, then, then you should have no, be nowhere near anywhere close to running our country. So anyway, let's move on uh, to another story that also uh, involves government. And this is something that we've been talking a lot about because the Cannabis Act will be up for review after three years. Uh, there are people already working ahead to start to get those conversations because, you know, you start reviewing in a year, well, whatever you decide isn't coming in for a year and a half or a year later. So we need to get on this right away because there are regulations that are certainly holding things back in this industry. Mm -hmm. We took a look at uh, sustainably grown cannabis and whether that's something that's being supported um, by policy and regulations, which we found it really is not. So producing the greenest cannabis is still in its infancy. Um, that's what growers and advocates are saying. Michael Reichs is the master grower at Good Buds. Uh, which is a craft certified organic cannabis farm on Salt Spring Island, BC. He says that sustainability was 
easier in the legacy market and that current Health Canada regulations make it really tough. Uh, it's not impossible if companies are taking the initiative, uh, but still he's citing things like packaging requirements and microbial limits. Ooh, that's a tough one to say. It is. Uh, and you know, basically his farm, um, Good Buds, is currently growing indoors and outdoors in a greenhouse. The whole facility is running off collected rainwater and natural springs, which is such a great sustainable step. And, you know, his comments are echoed by other people in the industry. Lisa Campbell, she runs the cannabis sales and marketing agency, uh, Mercari Agency Limited, and they work with licensed cannabis companies to help them get their products to market. She says that cannabis is a very intensive activity when you're growing indoors and that outdoor growing is actually the most sustainable way to grow it. You basically using the power of the sun. Who knew? <clears throat> now she says that for a lot of those craft outdoor BC farmers that are growing on the mountainside in living soil, if there's any kind of microbial contamination, it's actually really hard for that flower to come to market. So there are roadblocks in the way of being more sustainable. And she says that really nothing short of an industry and consumer revolution where people are demanding sustainable cannabis uh, is going to change things. That there needs to be education to help both government and consumers understand why outdoor organic cannabis is just as high quality as indoor hydroponic. Uh, you know, a third source here, we have Kelly Coulter, who co-founded the Normal Women's Alliance of Canada, and she's comparing the cannabis to the three waves of coffee, which is a really interesting way to look at it. And coffee is now in its third wave where independent and artisanal coffees become the norm. And that's compared to its early stages of mass production and mainstream coffee shops. So cannabis right now, uh, Kelly says, is on its first wave. We're in the very regulated early days. And she said that consumer deviation is going to be extremely important in the upcoming years to help develop uh, the most sustainable and diverse cannabis industry as possible. She says, if consumers don't care, it won't help the industry. So people need to pay more attention to what they're consuming. Indeed, man. And, you know, the, the one thing I, I worry about is that, uh, you know, obviously we're only two plus years in, so the regulations are going to be strict. At some point, we think they're going to be relaxed. I do worry about a lot of the people doing a lot of the work right now that, you know, might not be able to make it through these strict regulations until they're relaxed. I, I think there's a real worry about that out there with a lot of companies. I think so too. It's a, it's a difficult industry to, uh, you know, move on in, especially if you don't have a, a vault full of cash because it does go up and down and we are seeing a lot of competition right now. So uh, it's been said before and consumers really do have the power to vote with their wallet. Uh, and you do a little bit of research into the products that they're consuming. And if you care about being sustainable, if you care about the environment, if you care care about packaging and the way things are being done, you know, vote with your wallet. Uh, and also don't hesitate to send an email to your MP explaining mm -hmm. that that's a priority to you. Indeed. Uh, David, thank you as always. Uh, it's going to get down to about minus 17 with the wind chill here today. <laughs> Uh, this would be a perfect day for uh, an OZ2. Are you guys still giving those away? Yeah, we still are. Hey, I can I can show it off again this yeah. week because we've got the camera. So here's an OZ2. This one here is actually full of uh, the names of 
people who have entered our contest. Um, there's also a little box of Smarties in there because I've got a bit of a sweet tooth. Nice. But if you want to enter our draw, send an email to hello at okanaganz.com. And hey, tell us uh, tell us what you think of Peter McKay because I'd sure love to hear. Indeed. Get yourself a toque and uh, probably get something off of their chest as well. David, as <laughs> always, thanks for joining us. We'll chat next week. Stay warm. You too, my friend. and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Always love the weed song from the artist My Dead Dog. Great stuff uh, by him. Coming out with a Christmas album, I hear. I can't wait to hear that. Uh, Wait to stick around for the marijuana song at the uh, end of the program. And I want to tell you that the Cannabis and Hemp Expo uh, that has been unfortunately, like many things, postponed a couple of times already, is on schedule for April 24th and 25th, 2021 at the Edmonton Expo Center. You can find out more information at CannabisHempExpo.com. And yes, we will be there on location broadcasting. Come down, be a part of the show, say hello, and join us at the Cannabis Hemp Expo. Uh, We'll have tickets to give away, but you can find out more information at CannabisHempExpo.com. Dot com. This is the Business of Cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the Cannabis 101 podcast. Bringing you the latest bud, biz, buzz. Melka LaBelle joins me as usual for the business of cannabis. You can find out how Melka can help you at www.greengencompany.com. Melka, it is great to see you. How are things in Southern Alberta today? Sunny. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. You know, winter is, is definitely bearable. It's not like minus 35 and there is some sunshine. You can get out and there is definitely some activity. So that's good to know that you guys... Have a, a sunny day, and uh, you know, pretty soon you're going to have a Chinook roll through, and it's going to be like t shirt weather again in Calgary. I love it. I can't <laughs> complain. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't complain either. I wouldn't complain either. But there are a lot of people, I'm not sure they're complaining, but certainly concerned as we get into our lead topic about where Canada is on the global cannabis stage. And, you know, we have to be careful about looking over our shoulder right now. This is exactly the point. Yeah. So, you know, the we're the leader in legalization, but there are a lot of com- a lot of com- companies, a lot of countries on our tail, real real uh close 
to making some big moves. And where this, um, you know, this topic came from is I have a great healthy banter on LinkedIn with Matthew O'Brien, um, a, a young uh, guy from Ireland, I think, I uh, believe from the Emerald Isle, as he likes to say in his in his uh, blog. So he's actually come out with this really cool blog. It's a four, it's called 4pm. So it hits your inbox at 4pm. And he really crystallizes on some great topics. And this is uh, one that I've been looking at for a while. But I think the way that he introduced it was really solid, is that there's five markets that we need to be paying attention to. So those ones are the Canadian cannabis market, so our own market, um, as the first uh, G7 nation to legalize cannabis. There's the US market, which we've been talking about at length with the election stuff, uh, you know, just sort of continuing on in the saga. Uh, so it's more about a question of when, not if they're going to legalize and what is that going to look like. Um, and then, and they're the, you know, they're the largest, you know, consumer-based market in the world. There's the Latin American market. Now, um, for all of you out there, you know, Latin America is the place where cannabis grows the best outdoors. So therefore yeah. the lower cost of growing. Um, and there's this one as a supplier of cannabinoids for the world. So if they legalize parts or some of that market, that's a huge um, potential of uh, disruptor from the indoor growing world, which is climate controlled and very expensive, to the outdoor proliferation of how cannabis has sort of been known as a illicit market, illicit product for a long time as it grew outside of these beautiful fields in Central America. And then there's the Asian cannabis market where it's not currently legal for consumption. And I, I doubt it will ever be, at least not in my lifetime, but it hasn't prevented the, the Chinese groups from growing um, hemp and CBD. Mm -hmm. So that market and uh, could grow up and blow up very quickly. And then there's the European market. And this is the one to watch. In terms of G7, other than the US, um, the European uh, market needs to be closely paid attention to um, because there is a huge amount of um, sort of disruption going on there. And, and I, I have to say, this has really been led by the CBD uh, proliferation in the UK, where it's very available and readily purchasable at every you know corner store um, and, and places like that. But there was a court case in the, in the UK, um, in, the U, in the EU, sorry, like sort of in the, in the European Union, which mm -hmm. litigates many factors that sort of like the Supreme Court in Canada, I believe is equivalent to, where a court case went to the highest level uh, contesting that CBD products should not be sold legally uh, as, as sort of widely as they are now. And um, it was turned down. And, and this is really important, um, especially for our markets, because... CBD is considered an agricultural good in the U in the European Union, kind of like how it is in the US, where you can get CBD products everywhere with very mm -hmm. little um, consistency or regulatory uh, model for it. It's just it's an agricultural product, and you sort of can get it everywhere in everything as an ingredient. Um, but what they've said in this court case, which is why I think it's so interesting, is that they um, basically the ruled is that the, these um, products should not be prevented from being sold. So what that means is it doesn't matter where you are in the European Union, no matter what country you are, even if the country has its own laws for legalization of THC and cannabis, CBD should not be prevented from being sold. So mm -hmm. this is huge. Um, and this is not happening in Canada yet. We don't have the ability to easily label and call things CBD and put them on every shelf. It's actually not what's planned on the um, cannabis, National Cannabis Working Group. They don't want that to be the case because 
in Canada, we have CBD classified like THC, where there's strict regulatory controls on how it's used, how it's labeled, how it's in, uh, how it can be sold. And even though they're tighter than we would want, because CBD is really safe, the, those level of controls create essentially cost as well as scrutiny on how these things are actually being used for people to take. So this is an area that I find extremely fascinating. And the fact that the European Union like sort of shut down being able to sell it openly, they it's still allowed to be sold openly across the European Union. This is setting a precedent that I think we really need to pay attention to. Well, yeah, I, I think uh, we really, you know, as far as this two year head start that we have, it's great. And, and I, you know, I think a lot of other countries are going to be learning um, from us. But even, even you know, you look at Mexico and, and their legalization, as we, we talked about on uh, this week in, in Cannabis News, you know, they're looking at allowing six plants per household. So some of these regulatory uh, things are looking at Canada and saying, okay, they're doing that. We're going to do this and, and we'll take a little bit of this from that. So we are really setting the blueprint for a lot of people. Now, the, in Mexico, they have a number of hurdles that they have to get over before they actually get to legalization. So it might be a while. Well, it's going to be a while before we could travel to a beach anyway, but I was going to say it might be a while before we could travel to Mexico and get legal cannabis. But, you know, the rest of the world has saw what Canada has done and they're mm-hmm. going to try and do it better. Just like Canada saw yep. what some of the states in the U.S. did. And then they're going to try and do it better. So if we don't act quickly, they're going to do it better and they're going to pass us in the, in the global economy. Yes. And, and that is a real, a real issue and a real concern. And, and kind of one of the reasons why, I mean, COVID has been a blessing in some ways because it's allowed us to really focus on our homegrown country industry and, and people sort of as a focal point. Um, but now we're sort of seeing what the rest of the world is doing and, things are just going to keep changing. And I think the bottom line here is we just have to pay attention and keep sort of keeping ahead of things as opposed to watching things as they kind of pass by us. But if we're informed and we know what's going on, we can always, you know, look to other countries. And, and as Canadians, it's legal across the board for us to do business about it. So that's the key part from the business of cannabis's perspective, is that even though maybe CBD doesn't have the same openness from a legality perspective for for sale, we can definitely lend our expertise in processing and using CBD products in the best way possible because we have done it that way. So there's lots of ways to, to, to sort of pivot and stay ahead of it, but it is important to keep keep an eye out for what's going on in the other jurisdictions. Well, and listen, uh, you know, somebody does something and, and another country does it better. We all benefit it from it, right? It'll keep evolving until we, you know, hopefully find a, a really great system. So, you know, one country does it and then the next country does it even better. We could find some benefits from that and say, okay, well, we can look at that as well. So uh, certainly some exciting times uh, globally when it comes to cannabis. It's just, uh, it just seems like another story is popping up every uh, every other day with uh, some sort of legalization or decriminalization. And of course, we just saw the U.S. election. All right, let's get into change makers. And uh, we're talking Canmart and uh, these glass tasters uh, that you stumbled yeah. across. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, you know, my my husband and I are are connoisseurs. We like to check all the different stores out, and there's so many in Calgary and around us. So we walked into our premium, our local premium 420, and uh, you know, he always asks for like what's kind of cool and different, and he picked up one of these tasters. They're called the Mezzero Glass Tasters by Canmart, and they are super cool. So it's like a mini pipe. I want to say that 
is the right word. It's like a glass pipe that's mm -hmm. preloaded with, I think it's like, it's like two and a half grams of THC. In this case, I think we had blueberry and white shark, it's a couple flavors. It's like five bucks. Like they're so, so, so affordable. And it's like a little one hitter. Like, I like, you know, like the actual one hitters that you'll back in the day where you used to like twist it in the thing and then pop it out and smoke it. That was what I remembered as the one hitter. So um, other than your segment on your show, Dean, which we all love, but, <laughs> but the Canmart, I'm looking into this. I'm like, what is this Canmart? Like I recognize this name. So I pulled it up. They're um, powered by Namaste Technologies, which is, uh, they've been around since the beginning. Uh, Namaste took a big leap of faith into the online and the and the basically retail only commerce side of the legalization of cannabis. So they don't have any cultivation license. They don't do any processing. They just do online sales and they do online sales medicinally. So you can get a medicinal, you know, a cannabis prescription from an LP or from a cannabis doctor and go buy online direct ship to you. So online, I think these are even cheaper. They're like four bucks each or something, but in the store. So, you know, premium 420, they're a little bit more expensive. You know, you're going buying them in a retail outlet. But this online presence is really cool because they carry a bunch of really cool, super nice brands that are available in stores, but they're not only in Canada. So talking about global expansion and right. to our previous topic, they have 24 different unique websites. They have five warehouses in 20 countries on three continents. So this company figured out how to beat the globalization of cannabis by being an online presence. And they're essentially just selling their products in different markets under different legalized uh, medical, basically, jurisdictions. And in Canada, they're using cannabis um, retailers as one channel, and they're also doing it medically. And they have they carry a bunch of different LPs and different brands. So super cool. And the, the smoke was awesome. Yeah. It was like really, really good like smoking a nice pipe. It didn't, it wasn't too hot. It like the chamber make cools it down. It was a great experience. www.canmart.com. And uh, if you're watching, you can see the website on the screen. The, the cool thing about these Malka is that you, know, you buy it and you smoke it. You can go home and clean it and reuse it, you know, take it out. And, yeah. and, and, and it becomes, it's, you're, you're basically like buying, you're buying a loaded pipe that you can reuse with other cannabis packet in there, it's a great little, you know, if you're off to like a barbecue or something like that, and, and you know, maybe the people aren't as uh, cannabis friendly as we might want to think or something, and you want to sneak away, it's perfect. It's quick. It's a great travel companion. So I dig it these, and, and, and I love that you can reuse them later on and, and you know, put whatever yeah. other cannabis you want in there. They're, it's a great package for, for a really good price, considering how much you can reuse it. Exactly. That's what my husband said. He's like, you know, considering my one hitter, like he was all, he was always cleaning it, trying to get yeah. it and it wasn't clear. So he's like, the fact that it's clear makes it super easy to clean it and use it again. Like, it's like, it was so simple. So anyways, loving this and uh, can't wait to see what they come up with next. Yeah. Flour, infused oil, edibles, uh, lots of different great products at uh, www.canmart.com. Calm. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk about what it means to be green. And, and lots of times uh, people are always looking at the you know latest machine, that technology or whatever it is. We're talking low tech and some solutions that are very, very cool. Yeah. And so this, you know, 
this has been a stumbling block block for my business from day one. And and really the reason why I'm still in business, I guess, is because I see myself as kind of like a bridge. So people ask me like, who are you and what do you do? People that I know, some people that I talk to all the time ask that question. Anyways, so I, I, I like this quote, which I found from a, a early 18th century uh, Hasidic rabbinical scholar um, who talked about the world is a narrow bridge. And um, that means that passing on a narrow bridge, it's it's very important that you need to do it, but not to be overwhelmed by fear. So I use this as an explanation for what I do. I'm building a bridge between the cannabis industry and the green future or like healing the planet and the environmental impacts of the world. And people look at me with a blank stare, like, what are you talking about? So this company or this project is an example of why it doesn't necessarily have to be about cannabis, but cannabis is a catalyst in that it's a plant and plants are sort of low tech. So here's another example. And we talked about hemp extensively being hempcrete and all of the properties about hemp being part of the low tech green future. So here's another example of a really cool, uh, this is actually a not-for-profit, I believe it's a project Vesta. And they've uncovered something really cool in the natural processes of earth, which means it's not high tech. It's very low tech. It's like mm -hmm. ancient tech. That's it's how old it is. Tech, yeah. <laughs> it's like beginning of the world tech. So basically what this is, is green sand beaches. And there's a, there's one in Hawaii, which is just beautiful, but their website is super cool. You can see here, it's like a living video mm -hmm. where you see this. So basically what this is, is Project Vesta is helping reverse climate change by turning trillions of tons of CO2, so carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, into rock. The simplicity in this in this concept, this what they're doing, it's so simple, it's complicated. Like that's why what I, what I mean by that is that they're they're reversing carbon dioxide emissions, but not only are they trying to do that, they need to you need to remove a bunch of carbon dioxide from the air called carbon sink or carbon sequestration, which is a technology that many people are trying to solve with a lot of money, a lot of tech and a lot of fancy complex machines. But it's actually a very low tech process of trapping carbon in, in um, environments or in this case in rock that already exists. So what they're doing is they're, they found this stone called olivine literally like the color olive, it's, as you can see from the photos, it's beautiful. And this olivine rock, they're grinding it up and turning it into sand. And they've figured out that if they just cover enough of the, like the shelf, so that's like the, you know, the beaches around the world, if they cover 2% of the beaches around the world with this green sand, and there's pitch, there's places around the earth that are already, this is already happening, like in Hawaii and other cool places, they could capture 100% of the annual human carbon emissions. Wow. Like that's just like, <laughs> just with this one simple rock ground up to a sand like powder and it's super fine and super soft, put it on the beach. It naturally absorbs the carbon out of the air. And as the water comes in, it's a natural um, process where seawater combined with the sand pulls out the carbon from the air and goes to the bottom of the um, of the uh, sea floor, which is a, considered a carbon sequestration and a carbon sink. So that's all it is. It's a natural process. It's not very high tech. It doesn't need a lot of effort, money, or even like anything. It just needs people to be aware of it and to you know want to go see more green beaches or want their beaches to be green in this way. 
And that's what I mean about complex problems, simple solutions, but how another example of how cannabis is catalyzing, um, you know, the green uh, revolution about becoming the green generation. And that's what I'm all about today. Well, this like this example, as you, you know, as you can see on the screen now, they grab the olivine, transport it to the beach, and then the waves take take over. Three energy of wave yeah. action is harnessed to crush the rock. So the only human element is distributing the sand, which, as you mentioned, is naturally occurring around many places. And then you're letting Mother Nature almost heal herself with with her own properties. I mean, we, we talk a lot about high tech, but this is, like you said, like basic as it gets. And, and I... Right. I don't know why this isn't being done more, just like I don't know why we don't have giant fields of hemp growing to improve the environment. But, man, oh, man, these are some good ideas. These are some good (laughs) ideas. Like, this is just unbelievable. And it's really beautiful, too. Like, I mean, that's the thing is that big tech can be really ugly. Like, if you've seen some of the other projects out there, I don't know, they're like big giant machines that take up a lot of space but it's so cool like it's like why not go see green sand beach so their concept is just driving people into be interested in it and like i said it will it sort of takes care of itself like literally you said they distributed the the olivine is naturally put around to the right places grind it up it's super simple and distribute it and then like watch and enjoy like that's it. <laughs> Watch the waves crash in. Like it's wow. all so simple. <laughs> well, I, and, and really, um, you know, this should interest a lot of people, but if you just want to see a really cool website, go check out www.projectvesta.org. That's the the uh, site that's on the screen and just cycling through it uh, is, has me so encouraged and, um, you know, uh, optimistic about uh, the future of our of our planet. Uh, Melka, this has been a lot of fun. Great topics today, things that we really have to pay attention in the uh, in the cannabis space and of course people can find out how Melka can help you at www.greengencompany.com. Thanks as always, Melka. Thanks, Steve. Have a great week. is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Uh, that was great to uh, chat with uh, two of our partners on this show, David Wiley and Malka LaBelle. Uh, David, of course, with the OZ and Malka with the business of cannabis from the Green Generation Co. Check it out at greengencompany.com and find out how Melka can help you. And check out Stonesmiths, one of our other partners as well. Beautiful, beautiful craftsmanship. You can find it at Green Rock Cannabis in St. Albert and Lethbridge, uh, all over the place as well. Uh, Shell Shock in Edmonton, Smokers Junction in Calgary. If you're a retail store, uh, you should be reaching out stonesmiths.ca. Uh, to get your hands on uh, one of these. It is uh, absolutely beautiful. Three temperature settings, four seconds to heat up, and then you fire away. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's made uh, dabbing so much fun. Uh, so thanks to all of our partners on the Cannabis 101 podcast. Bud, dope, flower. Ganja, Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant, tie stick, salad. So let's explore another 
Weed word of the day. Samuel O. Jackson, the Hobbit's Leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. All right, weed word of the day. This is how it works. If you're new to the show, we'll give you one slang term and one standard term. And uh, the slang term is jagged. And uh, I keep running over these terms that they say a jazz era term for being high. And, you know, we've heard of jazz cabbage as far as, uh, uh, you know, words for weed and stuff and the vipers. And, you know, Louis Armstrong had his... Uh, the Viper Pit, if you were a cannabis fan, you could be a part of the Vipers. Uh, so jagged is another term for just being high. Now, that guy's jagged over there. Uh, so that's kind of cool. The standard term is one hitter. And this is a device that uh, you use for smoking that allows you to get one hit or a toke or a puff, whatever term you want to use. You tap it out, you pack in more weed for another one hit. And a lot of them uh, indeed look like little cigarettes. So you know, you're, you're uh, walking around and just like you're smoking a cigarette, although on, the smoke is only coming out for one hit. So anyway, that's what a one-hitter is. They come in all different uh, shapes and sizes as well, but enough for you to just get one hit. Uh, you know, if you're if you're off somewhere and you don't have a lot of time, it's, uh, it's great. Um, if you are somewhere and you have a lot of time, then they become annoying because you're constantly uh, packing them. But that's what it is. Uh, jagged and... One hitter on the Cannabis 101 podcast today. This is the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Okay, that's going to wrap things up for us uh, on episode 74, hour number one. Of course, thank you very much to Malka LaBelle and uh, David Wiley for joining us, Malka of the Green Generation Co. and David, of course, from the OZ. Big thanks to them as being our partners and always providing great information for you, the viewer and the listener. And if you're uh, listening to this and you want to watch us, check out our YouTube channel, we also stream on our social media channels as well. And if you did like the show, let us know. Either reach out with an email, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com, or leave us a review on social media uh, or on Google, wherever uh, you find podcasts. Subscribe, leave us a re review, rather, and uh, let us know what you think of the show. Uh, if you'd like to become a partner on the program, uh, like the OZ, like uh, the Business of Cannabis, like Stonesmiths, uh, hit me up, Cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. And if you're a retail store looking for a cool product, check out the slash from Stonesmiths. Uh, hit them up at stonesmiths.ca. You will be glad you did. Awesome local company. And they designed it for winter. I go for walks. It works perfectly. It's like minus 17 with the wind chill where I am right now. And this thing never never uh does not work it always works perfectly out in the cold so check it out and become a partner of the show cannabis 101 podcast at gmail.com hour number two on wednesday kelsey cannabis is going to join us she's a public speaker and educator when it comes to the plant you'll want to know if you want to get into the cannabis or if you just want to learn more about cannabis you will definitely 
not want to miss that conversation. And Chris Ianson, another partner of ours from Nova Cannabis, he's my educator on what's that strain, and uh, he's a great guy to have uh, because uh, he always brings the goods and the information. That comes out on hour number two. You can find past episodes of this show at Cannabis. 101podcast.ca or our YouTube channel as mentioned and if you're into other podcasts check out my shows at Podcast Alley uh, that is www.podcastalley.ca we have a fantasy sports show and we also have a uh, draft show with Craig Button uh, as we uh, track uh, the National Hockey League draft. That is going to wrap things up for us on the program. A big thanks to Melka, a big thanks to David Wiley, and uh, thanks to you, uh, the listener and the viewer. We will see you on Wednesday. Individual segments will start coming out tomorrow. And as we always do, we leave you with the marijuana song from the artist My Dad Dog. Remember, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Have a good week, everybody.